Welcome to We Pod a Zoo. This is a podcast about the 2011 film We Bought a Zoo. My name is Zach, and today I am joined by a very special guest because she's the first one of my guests who reached out to me wanting to be on the show rather than me like asking a friend, like, hey, do you want to be on my podcast? Uh, you might know her from her Twitter, Saddington 2, where she does a lot of very stupid tweets about. Um, Edward Scissorhands and Paddington Bear. Uh, this is Haley. Hello. Thanks for um, having me on your show. I, now I just sound like a grifter. <laughs> I was the only one <laughs> that asked to be on. No, not but... the not the not the only one. Hey, I got pl- I got so many guests <laughs> lined up in the pipeline. It's it's oh, yeah. fucking cool. Um, but as far as like the chronology of the show goes, this is going to mm-hmm. be like episode four or five. I I don't know. I'm I'm oh, I don't know what's going on. But you're the first person in that kind of chunk to have been like yeah i'll 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 watch the movie and be on your show <laughs> just all about the clout you know <laughs> you have like four or five times as many twitter followers as i do so you're kind of doing clout chasing backwards yeah <laughs> i'm uh redistributing the clout i like that oh better. thank you mm-hmm. yeah tweet please uh tweet about this to your followers at we pot a zoo <laughs> at zach silberberg let them know uh, rate, comment, subscribe on iTunes, Spotify. Um, I know you're supposed to do plugs at the end, but just like get this out as soon as possible. Absolutely. To all all of the all of the Saddington Two followers coming to to listen to the podcast. <laughs> hey guys, yeah. my four friends that I forced <laughs> to listen. <laughs> uh, yeah, thank you for being on the show. Um, I'm glad that you wanted to put yourself through this. Yeah, thanks. Uh, I was I'd never seen it the movie before this week, and I was. Uh, really excited to have the opportunity to discuss it because it is it's worth discussing <laughs> yeah i mean that's why i have the show you know i, I want to de- i want to delve into kind of all the nooks and crannies that make this movie mm-hmm. what it is kind of there are many nooks and crannies <laughs> <laughs> i kind of want to know before we get into i guess like the meat of what makes this movie so special um what makes this kind of like the zoological experience of a lifetime uh really the the family friendly adventure of a generation i want to know kind of where you're coming from i need a this is what i i try to ask all my guests and i still haven't found a good like intro to the segment which is maybe saying something about my abilities as a podcast host (laughs) but um i would like to know what your history with zoos are like, did you ever go to, oh. to zoos as a kid? Did you, when was the last time you went to a zoo? Did you, have you ever bought a zoo? I don't have the funds to buy a zoo. Uh, I only have one cat right now. Um, but, and I, I don't let people visit her. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I was a zoo goer growing up. 
We uh, there was a nice zoo. There's two zoos in my area, and there's one. It's one is free. You just you go in, you have a good time, and the other one's like really expensive and like you know god tier zoo. Um, well, so I went. What's the difference in quality? Um, I'm just trying to think of the different animals. I think uh, you get a lot more aquatics and. Um, Oh, they have grizzly bears at the the fancy one. So, yeah. So it's kind of worth it, but it's also expensive. Um, But yeah, I've been been hitting up zoos. Oh, and they have a farm where you can pet goats and stuff. That one. Oh, that's the best. Yeah. And that's at the expensive zoo? Yeah. mm -hmm. So we'd go there like once a year in the summer and just, it was always the goats that was the most exciting part because it's really hands-on. I, that always scared me. I um, when I was little, we part my school did a field trip to a farm where we, I think it was it was like an overnight thing for a day or two, and it was like such an upsetting experience, like on a <laughs> like a visceral level for a cup for a couple reasons. One was that like the animals were mean. Oh, and the they were like horses that scared me and there were llamas that scared me and i, I mean i mean like their, their physical presence they're very imposing creatures but mm-hmm. also like they were just like angry like like you couldn't get near yeah. them um i mean it probably didn't help that there were like 20 you know <laughs> seven to ten year olds trying to like touch them but the other thing that was like very upsetting was that like we saw there was a kitten there was a cat on the farm that had just given birth to like a litter of kittens and over the course of the day we saw one not make it oh god yeah that's that's traumatizing yeah i can see why you would associate that with uh not a great time yeah it was oof and we had to like bury it in oh i don't want to talk about this (laughs) it was terrible we didn't have we didn't have part of the field trip they're like you have to bury one animal when you visit (laughs) you get to choose which one the the state can't afford to to provide funerals (laughs) so we're gonna have children volunteer to do it instead (laughs) oh um so that that sticks out for me as like a hands-on petting zoo i guess but um but yeah, so when was the last time you went to that uh, zoo? Oh, my God. It's been... Oh, the last time I went was, I think, three years ago because the fancy zoo does, like, an adult night where you oh. can, like, drink beer and look at animals. <laughs> where so you, I get, you, you get to party with the animals. Yeah, you just get fucked up. <laughs> you do keg stands next to uh, lemurs and shit. Um. <laughs> the tiger does ketamine. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God tiger he was off the charts (laughs) (laughs) tiger ate a guy's face and woke up the next morning like fuck what i do last night yeah i think he accidentally took bath salts if i'm not mistaken uh (laughs) you mean bat salts because it's all fucking animal shit (sighs) yeah yeah (laughs) i don't think there's bats at that zoo (laughs) oh you gotta have bats at a zoo um but okay yeah so you went to you went to a fucking uh animal rave Mm mm-hmm and that was your last. Was that this? That's the last time you went to this zoo. Is that your last zoological experience? I, th- yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. All right. So, what, how did that kind of inform you coming into uh, 
this film? Um, I mean, I've hmm. It's been it's been long enough that I didn't really uh, put any of my zoo experience into the movie. I wasn't projecting that mm. way. Um, but just in terms of what kind of what I expected of a zoo versus what their zoo was, um, the the expectation, the reality didn't meet up. What it were you What were you expecting? Uh, a nicer zoo. <laughs> <laughs> It was like kind of a shitty zoo, to be honest. Yeah, no well, offense. they fix. I mean, you know, that's the journey of the film. They got to fix it up. It's true. It's true. But even like, you know, even after they spent hundreds of thousands of dollars renovating it, it still looked like, you know, yeah. someone that's just illegally holding animals in their backyard. Like a little Tiger King. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, honestly, that's what it looked like more. Oof. Okay. It doesn't sound like you respected the journey of the... Absolutely not. No. Wow. There was no respect. I no. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, there is little respect coming from me. I should probably get that out there now. Okay. So you know that ahead of time. <laughs> yeah. I, I I had a feeling, um, after you DM'd me being like, Why'd you make me watch this movie? <laughs> yeah. That's that was pretty much the the consistent thought running <sighs> through my head. Why am I watching this? Fuck. Um. <laughs> I mean, I guess I'm sorry about two things. The first is that I, you know, I put you through this, and the second is that, you know, I'm sorry that you just couldn't connect with the the journey of the yeah, me family. I, <laughs> I'm dealing with a lot of issues right now, and my my demons kind of made it hard for me to connect with uh, Matt Damon and his uh, his sad haircut. You know. Yeah, he does have a sad haircut. We haven't talked about that in the podcast yet. Oh, God. How did you can... feel about his haircut? Uh, the, where do you even begin with Matt Damon's character? He, <laughs> His haircut was trash. It re- really was. It, I mean, it was 20, even for 2011. Mm. Is that, this, that's when the movie came out, right? Yeah, it would have filmed, even for that filmed time, in 2010, yeah. It was not an acceptable haircut. Um, it just, it aged him like... 30 years <laughs> I think, just from a simple haircut i think that worked in his favor I, that worked in the character's favor i think because he's like so disheveled yeah, and uh I mean, yes a, he's a struggling father mm-hmm, it, it definitely conveyed that so i'll give that to them but like mm-hmm. oh my god you can be struggling and still have good hair like <laughs> yeah i i think the worst hair in the movie though is the son i think he has the worst hair in the movie oh abs i agree with that um, he looked like a mini Matt Damon. It was a little weird. To I guess me. props to them. I guess props to the hair and yeah, makeup it was good for, casting. for doing that. Because I really thought it was like his son or something, but <laughs> it's not. I looked it up. It's does Matt not. Damon have kids in real life? He does. Yeah. What What are they? Are they in Hollywood? What are they, what's their deal? Um, I don't know. I think they uh they had to sell the zoo, so they're <laughs> they're mm. dealing with the repercussions of that. Fuck. Um. What. What um? Who do you think had the best hair in the movie? I would have to say, uh, what's her name, Elle Fanning. Yeah, yeah, that's she valid. was like you know, the cheery, the 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 child that hasn't yet been corrupted by <laughs> the real world, like death and yeah, yeah. She's v- yeah, she's very 
um and that and you can you can read you can really get that from the hair i think mm-hmm. um yeah do you want to do you want to kind of walk me through your experience with this movie yeah definitely um so just right off the bat i just <laughs> i'm <laughs> i really dislike matt damon and i used to think he was kind of cool but in the past few years i've just kind of grown to have this disdain towards him and just what changed? everything he's about what changed <laughs> what um well he's kind of a piece of shit isn't he like in real life i don't know i i, I haven't okay. heard anything I about think, this i think he's kind of a piece of shit and like him and ben affleck are really close friends and ben affleck's kind of a piece of shit so yes I, I could cite something more specific, but I can't think of it off the top of my head. I, but I am he's a celebrity r- right and he's now. rich, so he's automatically probably even if you like him as a person, he's probably a piece of shit. I'm um, I'm googling right now. Is Matt just Damon? Just Google a Matt piece Damon cancelled. <laughs> You'll find um, it. Okay. Here we go. He's like I think he's like a centrist kind of you know, I don't know. I wouldn't be see. surprised because he uh Oh, apparently in twenty seventeen he okay oh yeah he talked about he weighed in about um, the me too movement movement. yep Mm -hmm. um oh you know what he yeah he like kind of defended louis ck yeah okay Mm -hmm. there we go yeah okay matt damon's kind of a piece of shit yep thank you okay um so i it's i try not to have bias when i watch a movie but i couldn't separate matt damon from his mr me character you know yeah you you, Um, there's there's i i don't always prescribe to like separate art from the artist mm -hmm. you know it's why i don't want to watch any like woody allen movies even if people say they're good you know exactly so if i understand like watching a movie and being like not being able to take a step back from the like ugh, that's like 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 johnny depp movies it's hard for me to watch a johnny depp movie yeah exactly exactly that was kind of what I was going through. So even I didn't find the character particularly likable, mm-hmm. even if it wasn't Matt Damon. It's like just he he seemed like a really erratic, shitty guy yeah. that just it, he. OK, he was loaded in that movie. Yes. Just it's it basically that movie to me is what you can do to grieve if you have a lot of money like that's that that's the grieving process for rich people where you're able to just go fucking insane spend all your money not have to worry about it yeah this is Um, this is weirdly a movie about class in in mm -hmm. that way and i just just to uh address what you said a second ago before going back to that i agree that matt damon is not a likable character in this movie and i think that's Okay. intentional like I, he's a bad he's you think a, so yes i think he's a he's a bad father oh. and i think that he it's kind of clear that he doesn't listen to his children and i think or at least to dylan yeah and i think that like a lot of this movie is about him like coming to terms with like the very real things he needs to do in order to like improve as a person but okay i think that he is a shithead <laughs> and you're right this movie is is almost deliberately unrealistic about money to the yeah, to the point it, where like it really is finding eighty four thousand dollars in a secret account is like a quirky little plot point. 
Exactly. I I was blown away by that. <laughs> I just <laughs> and like the fact that the wife left him that money specifically because she would know she knew he would blow through hundreds of thousands of dollars. Mm-hmm. And she was able to save up that much to give it to him after she died. Like the the yeah. wealth there. That's uh and that's some one percenter shit. What's wild is to give the money to him and not put it in like a trust for for Dylan yes. and Rosie. So they're not going to college, I'm assuming. No, they're gonna be. <laughs> they're gonna work on the zoo for the rest of their lives. That's true. Oh my god, it's. You know what? This is like holes, but <laughs> like the origin <laughs> where just the granddaughter is forced to dig holes because they need that money. She's. And it's like the kids are gonna be forced to work at the zoo and make it profitable oh for the dad. God. I don't I I do not not believe it. I don't think there's a bright future for these children, unfortunately. No. I think the the relationship between Dylan and uh Matt, I don't remember his name. It's Mr. Me. Yeah, Benjamin, but I throughout the the run oh, of this Benjamin. podcast, I've just been calling him Matt Damon, so. Okay. Uh I don't think their relationship will last. It'll definitely deteriorate because mm-hmm. once he grows up and knows better, he'll realize how dumb it was for his dad to buy a fucking zoo yeah well the second he like starts applying to schools and yeah. his dad is like uh that's a little bit lofty don't you think uh you know the tuition there is a little have you considered community college yeah. and, and and dylan being like why have you not been saving for my education yeah the fafsa is gonna be like oh sorry you own a zoo yeah uh, you're not getting any aid right oh my god the the asset there is gonna be so detrimental oh my god i'm now i'm thinking about like what do you think he has to pay in taxes and it's in it's in california so it's probably just exorbitant this is going to ruin him and i absolutely i don't know what the actual cost of the zoo was or like the land fees in real life are because it it, the real zoo um that this is based on is in england and so i I don't know Mm -hmm. it's probably very different but as in california Matt Damon is fucked. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Especially California, just with the their tax laws. Yeah. So I, I don't know what he was thinking, but he clearly wasn't thinking ahead. No. Or maybe he he kind of just because his wife is dead, he's sad about everything, and I think that's. I guess his kids can go down with him. That's the one. I think he's kind of like adopted this nihilistic viewpoint, and I also think that like. A lot of this movie is about him not thinking very far ahead. Yep, it it really is, and it's he, he's, and then yeah. him kind of becoming defensive when he gets called out for not thinking ahead. Yes, kind of. He's fl- he he thinks that he can just like fly by the seat of his pants for like an indefinite mm-hmm. period of time, and then finally, yes. his his bad choices catch up with him, and then it still works out for him. Yeah, because he's fucking rich. So just a rich man with a with daddy's inheritance. <laughs> Exactly. Um, all right, so 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 let's keep going. What what were your other responses to this? Okay, movie? Um, so I'm just gonna steer clear of Matt Damon for a while because I could talk. That's a that's a rabbit hole. Yeah. Um, but uh, um, the fact that Scarlett Johansson was 28 in the movie, mm-hmm. and she's supposed to be the love interest of a 40 something year old dad. Yeah. And she has her life ahead of her and. I feel like she just got tied down there just because she didn't want to not work at the zoo. So I just, I feel bad for her. And also just like 
that dynamic didn't really like it it's mm-hmm. it felt weird felt like a forced relationship like she was cast in the movie already and it's like well it, there's a man and a woman so they should be together you know it, it felt like it should have definitely who who would you have cast in that role like i feel like it should have been somebody older and it should have been somebody yeah definitely more age appropriate um who who would you have matched with with Matt Damon if the romance subplot has to happen? That's a good question. Um, I'm trying to think who would be like a convincing zookeeper that also would fall in love with Matt Damon. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Meryl Streep, I think. <laughs> um, Meryl would kill it. Let's be real. She'd be fucking Mer- oh, good in this absolutely. movie. Meryl, Meryl would kill it. Yeah. Um, you know what? I think Anne Hathaway would be a good one, but I just I think she's better than Matt Damon. She is. She deserves would better. She also but not she be would also not too young. That good. In 2011. Uh, I think they're the same. No, they're not the same age. But I mean, I think any actress is going to be too too young. Yeah. So, <laughs> but Anne Hathaway is a. I think would have been great in this role. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm sticking with that answer. That's a good answer. I. Ooh, you know who I think would be really good and and definitely uh, maybe a bit too old for the part, but who who I think would be really good? Fucking Julianne Moore. Oh yeah, uh-huh. If the, yep, that's a, definitely. that's a, if they aged up the character a little bit, I think she mm-hmm. would like that is a perfect Yeah. Like she's given I do her like that. Yeah, she's given her life to the zoo. She has no social life. She's just exhausted and she wants what's best. I feel like she's played that role before <laughs> in other movies yeah it's kind of like her her a less uh uh drugged out version of her character from magnolia <laughs> yeah there you go yeah <laughs> um but yeah okay i would go with who would, if you if you can't fucking stand to look at matt damon's face who would you replace so we michael shannon <laughs> whoa fuck you had Can that you... loaded you had that ready i just well he's an incredible actor yeah and I think he's good enough that he could make me like the character of Benjamin Me. Yes. He doesn't, he, he, if I can be candid, he's a, yes. he has a very weird little face. Oh, absolutely. I love <laughs> that weird face. Um, and I think that that might be, you definitely have to change some things in the script Mm-hmm. Like when Rosie says that her daddy's very handsome. <laughs> Take it back. <laughs> Michael Michael Shannon is an attractive man. Uh, if I had to pick, I agree that he's a better okay. actor. If I had to pick between who I wanted I think, to kiss, between Michael Shannon and Matt Damon, I think I'd have to kiss Matt Damon. Okay, well, that's just the wrong fucking answer. But otherwise, alternative actors for Benjamin and me, I would yeah. say, um, I think... We've never seen Andy Samberg play a dad as a role, but I think that could be fun. I again, I think that if that if this movie came out today, yes, it twenty eleven twenty eleven would be different. Twenty eleven yeah. was he still on SNL in twenty eleven? Like that's a young Probably, that's a young yeah. Samby. That's true. Um, I had another one. Now I'm I'm blanking on. Oh, Keanu. You know that could oh, be fun. Oh, that would have been great. Yeah, I can see that or actually. Like William H Macy, <laughs> I think that would be oh, funny. Will- a William H Macy and Julianne Moore version of We Bought a Zoo. Ooh, yeah, that's I a, would buy that. That's too. fucking exciting to me. Mm-hmm. He and he's a little. He would be a little older, but I think it works. I think it. I think yeah. that that casting works. 
Oh now they just have to find a new tiger and they're all set. <laughs> <laughs> just get the tiger from Tiger King. What's that tiger? What's that tiger up to? Uh, probably not doing super well. Yeah, probably not. Yeah, it'd be it'd feel like a lot more substance and like a natural chemistry chemistry mm-hmm. rather than the way they kind of created the relationship between Matt Damon and Scarlett Johansson's character was. It was strange. They, yeah, they kind of in, inexplicably made her attracted to him just from the fact that they were spending so much time together. Mm-hmm. Which, like, yeah, if you spend enough time with someone, you can kind of learn to like them. But, she, but then the way she would like come on to him, it, it was just it was very strange. It was not a because i mean you have to keep in mind this was like an empl- an employer employee relationship to some degree that's true and it just it felt inauthentic inauthentic i, I think it felt very forced and now that you mention it inappropriate yeah <laughs> yeah and like he uh i don't know she she made a pass at him first i believe <clears throat> but he kind of didn't do anything um, to n- he he picks up on her kind of like vibes and yeah. he's the one who says, I think you're pretty, but I don't want to do this. Yes. Yes. Okay. That's his, and that's weird. That that's is weird. It is weird. I, I believe it because she was putting down those vibes. So I, I, I like believe that moment, yeah. but I think, I think it should have ended there. I think that's where it should have fucking stopped. Yeah, then she should have been like, I quit. She should have been like, that's not a cool <laughs> thing to court, say. See you in court, bitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. She could have taken him for all he was worth. Which She could have bought the zoo. As we know, was a, oh, my God. Yeah. I'd watch should, that movie. <laughs> a feminist uh, <laughs> reconstruction of this movie where she takes down the boss and mm-hmm. buys the zoo and then lives happily ever after with her, her cherished animals. Her cherished animals, her weird little cousin, Elle Fanning. <laughs> Uh, I yeah. want to see a, a version of this movie where then the horny mom from the beginning yes! comes back <laughs> and she falls in love with um, I, Scarlett Johansson. I wanted more. They did not flush out the horny mom character enough. They did uh, That was, it, it, is that a thing that moms are just horny for widow dads? Apparently. I think... Horn. I think moms. That, <laughs> I think it, maybe it's a very meta commentary on how horny moms are for Matt Damon. Honestly, uh, yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, I think that was one of the things about the movie that. <sighs> have you ever seen Grown Ups Two? I have not seen Grown Ups Two or Grown Ups One. Okay, well, you don't watch the first one. It sucks. Um, <laughs> and the second one's good. <laughs> oh, the second one's fucking awful. <laughs> but it's overwhelming. In the way that they're, they fit in a new plot every two minutes. Every new scene oh is God. like a new... It's adding to the plot that was existing and then like continuing on. And that's what this movie felt like to me. Because first you have... The, he's a widow. His his wife died. Well, for, well then, that's the second plot. First you have he's like an adventure writer. Yes. Yeah. Okay. He's an adventure writer. Yeah. His wife dies. Yes. He has issues with his child um, being, I mean, he gets expelled. Right. Um, him and his, he can't go into restaurants that him and his wife used to go to. Um, he has some disagreements with his brother. 
over their dad's inheritance. Mm. Um, the daughter, he wants to make sure she's not sad. He quits his job. Then it's just, There's, it never ends. All of these things can exist in the same movie. It's just that yes. they happen so so rapidly and they yeah they get introduced and they don't give you a second to just digest it because it's you're like wait what but we haven't really fleshed out this problem and you're just like throwing this one in now the first 20 minutes of the movie are just like non-stop like but up 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 a zoo and like that's like the first mm-hmm. 20 minutes yeah it, to me, like the entire movie didn't feel like a, a complete like story arc. It kind of like eventually at the end, they kind of chose what they wanted to resolve mm-hmm. and then just let everything else just, yeah, you know, what, exist. It's weird because they spend so much time. I think the most successful parts of the movie that like actually function as a good movie. And I'm wondering kind of if you think any of this movie is a good movie. But I think the most <laughs> successful parts are the like father-son blowout kind of like struggles and that is it's frustrating because that's one of the like least resolved things in the movie absolutely yeah i agree um that that's something that they could have really spent some time on and kind of it could have made the movie worthwhile if that was something that they were able to like renew this relationship between a father and his son Mm -hmm. and but i feel like they didn't they never really truly understood each other and exactly. their big fight at the end with the way they like apologized after the fight didn't feel believable and it didn't feel like it fully resolved anything because he'll probably the son will probably be doing the same shit he would- yeah. <laughs> he was doing before just a week later yes and the and benjamin never apologizes he like it, yes yeah. exactly he's He's a shitty dad. Yes. I hate to say it. And like just because his daughter is happy, he he's trying to achieve her happiness in very unrealistic ways. Mm-hmm. Like there are other things you can do to assure that your kids are healthy and happy that don't involve buying a zoo, you know? Yes. He kind of just took it really extreme. Really? Which I guess he's an extreme guy. And that's, I mean, credit where credit is due. That's set up at the beginning of the movie that this guy is, uh, yeah, you know, true. kind of an, an adventure junkie. It makes sense that he would do the most extreme thing. But the most extreme thing and being a good father in this case are so mutually exclusive. Mm-hmm. And he really, he prioritizes, it's so fucked because he prioritizes Rosie over Dylan. Yes. And he wants Absolutely. to give her a good childhood and doesn't and, and kind of yeah. sees Dylan as a lost cause, even through the end of the movie. Absolutely. It's shitty. Yeah, because he's only he's like 14. Yeah. Like, of course, he's going to act out when his mom just passed. And instead of like trying to understand that, Matt Damon kind of just comes at him yep. very aggressively. And it, if anything, it's just going to make them grow farther apart. Yep. Where I'm sure Dylan will have estranged himself from his father in five years after this movie was filmed. Yeah. And I guess this is all... <clears throat> so this is a true story based on a true story? Based What's... on a true story. Um, a couple of key differences. Like, they didn't, you know, look for a house and 
found a zoo they like spent two years applying to buy the zoo because they wanted to own the zoo Um, that takes the magic out of it (laughs) and the the most interesting thing to me is that the wife died after they bought the zoo it wasn't like her death wasn't the impetus for them wanting to buy the zoo it was like a tragic thing that happened in the same story but i i mean i am hoping to i need to get the book i'm gonna get the memoir that this is based on and kind of do an analysis of it on this podcast and that would be helpful and we can kind of compare and contrast um so that's that's coming down the pipeline um (laughs) for the future of this show and i uh i'm looking forward to kind of seeing what the differences are and also benjamin me if you're listening to this the real life benjamin me come on the show you're always welcome yeah we we have nothing against you Mm -hmm. um i think I think Hollywood kind of did you dirty. I'm going to yeah. be honest. Well, again, I, I don't want to rush to judgment. Maybe in this book, he's like the first line is like, I'm a shitty dad. <laughs> I'm a real piece That's of true. shit dad to my shit son. <laughs> uh, well, if if you're listening to this, Benjamin, me, um, you should pay us because we're giving you give us free promos your, and shit. Give us some of your dead wife's money. Please pay off my student loans. I'm so desperate. <laughs> pay my rent, idiot. You bought a zoo. Buy my, buy my apartment. Yeah. Let me live at your fucking zoo, but don't charge me. I'm an animal, I promise. <laughs> Meow, bitch. <laughs> um, where the fuck were we? I was gonna... Well, we were talking about the father-son relationship and how this movie is just so chaotic. Yeah. It's not conclusive. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have a good flow. It's very choppy. Yeah. And it's kind of like... I feel like the director made it for kids and he made it thinking this is what a kid would want to watch about a family that buys a zoo. This is the movie. Mm-hmm. So he like tried to make it through for like a, a younger audience potentially. And just that's, this is what came about it because it's just, it's frantic, it, I guess. It's totally all over the place because like I said, I think the most successful parts are the most like dramatic family heavy parts. And then mm-hmm. anytime it kind of goes back to like zoo drama or like zoo yeah. antics, or like a montage of them, like you know, fixing enclosures. Yeah, it's like it, it's a different, weirder, worse movie. Exactly, it's like to, it's like a universe in itself where there's like an, an authentic core to this movie mm-hmm. that just gets covered by all all the antics, as you were saying. Yeah, and also. <laughs> I had, I know I, I made a note to talk about this, the soundtrack. Yeah. What the fuck? Jonesy, baby. <laughs> Jonesy, Jonesy, Jonesy. The it, guy from Sigaros. Oh, yeah. Oh, fuck. <laughs> just, I, I almost want to watch this movie without music mm. to see if that would change because it, it just like, it was so predictable in the way you started hearing classic rock and you're like, oh great, it's a montage. Yeah, oh, so you're not even, not even talking about the, the score. You're talking about like the music, like the uh Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Oh my God. I talked about this on the first episode, um, which by the time we're recording, this hasn't come out yet, but there is a, a music cue that is absolutely insane. That <laughs> is when Dylan gets expelled there's like this wild sitar music that comes in. It plays for like 30 seconds just to transition between them walking from the hallway into the into the parking lot and then it fades out. And the only reason they play that song, as far as I can tell, is because it's called Don't Come Round Here No More. Yes. And and it's the yes. scene where he gets expelled. Mm-hmm. That like like 
you are so right that the music in this movie is just so on the nose, so predictable. I want to do a whole episode about the music cues in this movie. I was hoping that I, I figured you probably noticed it because then it also has Bob Dylan in it. Yep. <laughs> and just just like it, it's it's truly I've, I've never quite seen a, or like heard a soundtrack like it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, have you seen any other Cameron Crowe movies? He's kind of like he pulls this shit with with oh really wild, okay like uh, almost famous has a lot of wild music cues. Oh um, yeah, I don't I can't say off the top of my head that I've seen any Cameron Crowe movies, but I guess if I was more familiar mm-hmm. with his works, I would maybe be a little less shocked. I am not surprised by his choices in this movie, <laughs> um, and I would. Uh- go so far as to say that many of them are actively distracting yes they truly there's no cohesion between the soundtrack and the events taking place they're they're completely they're like basically at war for your attention during the movie yes and i'll say this too i think there's there's no cohesion between the soundtrack and the score like i think that the original score by yonsi who composed like this ethereal like very like soothing vocal like he's got these like vocals that go like like in the background with like whooshing noises it's Mm -hmm. it's very like (laughs) magical realism zoo world yeah and it totally clashes it's it, it truly does there's no there's no nothing to bridge the gap between those yeah <laughs> and it, it's yeah it's very confusing and it like this movie it makes you kind of just step back and kind of question everything and the soundtrack doesn't help yeah it yeah it takes you out of it mm-hmm. yeah i could go on about the soundtrack <laughs> i think it is <laughs> just the choice i would love to hear like the the decisions that went behind like why each scene had this particular song it's just unreal but yeah definitely worth dedicating an entire episode yeah maybe i'll have you back on if you want to to fuck yeah to do that episode <laughs> <laughs> um although i kind of i wonder if i could um i don't know who's a who's a famous musician on twitter so i can get phoebe bridgers <laughs> phoebe phoebe if you're listening to this Phoebes. First of all, I love you. Follow me back. <laughs> and also, could we use your expertise yeah. for this podcast? Can you please let us know what you think about Cameron Crowe's musical cue decisions in the 2011 yeah. film We Bought a Zoo? Phoebe. That would be a dream. Phoebe, please. Please. <laughs> Phoebe, please be. Pulls. Pull. Pull. I hope this isn't getting picked up on my end, but my upstairs neighbors are doing what I can only be described as um, <laughs> antics. And I just hear like... Oh, great. Did they buy a zoo too? They, they might have bought a zoo. They have a cat up there who oh, does yep. no who more. does zoomies at the worst hours. Oh. And I will just hear like... Like across the floor, like at like two in the morning. Um, oh my God. But right now, I don't know if, if my mic is picking it up, but I'm just hearing like... I heard I heard like one little thing. I don't hear it anymore. But okay, there's like thunks and clunks up there. But let's hope that's not coming up. Uh, what? Yeah. What's the next thing in your, um, in your notes? I know that you took, you you directed me towards your like live tweeting of the movie. Um, yeah. 
which you abandoned halfway through because it drove you insane. <laughs> yeah, it was it's hard because when I live tweet a movie, I like I really want to be inspired to tweet about like make reference outside of the movie that connect well with the movie and I just couldn't I didn't have anything to cling to with this movie. <laughs> so like and I was just it's just every scene just upset me in a different way and it was like so predictable in some ways mm-hmm. and so outlandish in others that it, it was hard to want to follow along and like engage with it fully. This is you know? this is great. I think you're the the person who so far has been upset the most by this movie. Yeah, I I have strong feelings about um, film <laughs> in general, <laughs> um, and I do. I love. En- I enjoy watching really bad movies. Mm-hmm. I think it's. It's an, as important as watching the Criterion Collection. Yes. Just, I think, watching all walks of life in movie form, just... I think this film it, deserves to be in the Criterion Collection. I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, what's your favorite bad movie? Oh, my God. Um, favorite bad movie. There. Okay, so there's one I haven't seen in a while, but it's called It's a Boy-Girl Thing. I've never it's heard of this. From like the two thousands, it's it's like a Freaky Friday rom com, and it's just so bad. But I do, I've watched do a boy it. and a girl switch bodies. Yes, they do, and then they fall predictable in love. from the title. And they hated Aww. each other before, Aww. but then they you know they walk in each other's shoes. Um, that's a good one. Otherwise, just kind of uh, most Adam Sandler films, which brings me back to what the, this movie reminded me of Grown Ups Two in the way that it's just so absurd and it doesn't give the viewer time to breathe essentially did you watch hubie halloween oh i've seen it twice now i watched it twice twice in one night why why'd you do that because i like watching bad movies but twice in one night hubie halloween yeah that uh, movie's an hour and 45 minutes long i know oh my god uh yeah i just i I'm going that, through it. <laughs> that to me, I hope you're okay. That to me is a movie that really trips over itself with like introducing new plots and yes. is like every yep. scene they're like they're like ooh there's someone escaped from the mental hospital. No one likes Hubie. Ooh, is there a werewolf next door? He's going to a funeral. Now he and like all of the um it's only at the mm-hmm. uh, spoilers for Hubie Halloween follow. It's only at the end of the movie where you realize that like everything was actually about him getting bullied that mm-hmm. you understand the justification for why an hour plus of this movie in the middle is just different scenes of people terrorizing Hubie and not forwarding the plot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, Going off of what you're saying, like how Adam kind of just throws things at you and does Adam. <laughs> that's you're a first name basis with yes, Adam. We are. <laughs> um, <laughs> he, we bought a zoo. Does the same thing that Hubie Halloween and other Adam films do. Adam. But it's the difference is instead of throwing at you just this nonsensical stuff like mm-hmm. Hubie Halloween does, it throws things at you that are based in reality. So it, it yes. like, you know, your your kid being a piece of shit, your wife dying, your you having issues with your brother, you wanting to move, being un- unhappy with your job. Yeah. Those are all 
things that we've maybe experienced, but it's just the way that they deliver them that it's it just it's unsuccessful to me. It's it's the way they deliver them, and also it's the way that they often, but not too much, but sometimes just enough, step out of the realm of possibility. Yes, they're always towing at it. They're mm-hmm. they're kind of like a little cowardice about it just you know like commit (laughs) if you're going to commit they're giving it little they're they're walking up to it and giving it a little kiss and not really like committing to it exactly and then they're texting it after like i had a really good time like (laughs) (laughs) that's exactly what they're like i I don't know what i'm looking for right now i don't know if i (laughs) if i'm ready for this but i'll 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 react to your stories on Instagram for the next three months. Exactly. That's that's a perfect way to describe it. <laughs> that's yeah. That's this movie's relationship with realism. It's it's kind of ghosting it, but it still kind of wants to be around it. Yeah. the The kind of most unrealistic, literally unrealistic thing that happens in this movie is the the final scene. I would say. Yeah. Um. How did you interpret the final scene? I, to me, I mean, I I will be honest with you, and I know that you're not going to appreciate what I'm about to say. I liked the final scene of Oof. the movie. I liked the final. I liked how it ended. Um, I, but I think, I guess if I'm really going to analyze this scene, I think of it, I think that it is a metaphor for Matt Damon being able to accept the death of his wife mm-hmm. and share that grief properly for the first time mm. with his with his children to not shy away from it like he has been for the the course of the film yeah and in doing that create a deeper connection with his children and his wife mm-hmm and I think that's that's why they can see her and why they have that like little interaction. I think that like it it's jarring because it so drastically departs from yes. the realm of realism. I think like in a in a total metaphorical vacuum, that scene mm-hmm. works really well. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it works totally with the rest of the movie. I still like it, but I think that it it does like kind of break the reality of the movie. Yeah. I've, yeah, I feel like they could have really committed and gone the full way and kind of had that throughout mm-hmm. because that that scene, like <clears throat> as much as I thought it was corny, it felt genuine because like yes. he he was really trying to show his kids this, but I just I don't believe it because he didn't like this was the first time he was kind of showing us this side of him mm-hmm. where he's not kind of just brash. And yeah. Like, and it it's just, only it's only like the third time the movie even like dips into exactly. showing us like those visions of the wife. So it it doesn't even feel like it takes place in the same universe. Exactly. Yeah. It it just didn't connect, but it it had potential if if the rest of the movie was done different, it could have been like a perfect ending. Yeah. I would agree with that. To me, it's just um how I met your mother. Like that's if, if you've seen that show, it's literally you. So that's the thing. You watch this entire movie. If you're me, your expectations are low and they aren't um, they get lower as you watch. Oh, okay. And then the last scene, you you finish the movie and you're like, this was just 
how I met your mother, but they bought a zoo. Like that's all it is. So that- I okay. I have not ever seen a full episode of How I Met Your Mother in my that's life. Fine. You're and I, you're not like missing out by any means. I would appreciate. I think our listeners would appreciate mm-hmm. if you were to give a recap of the show to contextualize yeah. um, this claim. So luckily, the the name itself kind of lends itself to what it is because it's just nine seasons of this guy named Ted, a down-on-his-luck romantic, um, explaining to his kids how he met their mother. So it starts with him talking to the kids, and then it just it's all in the past, essentially, mm-hmm. but we're viewing it as the present. Um, just all the different adventures he went on that led him to meeting his mother nine seasons huh yeah it's it really it strays quite a bit because it it goes into all the other characters lives as well but that they they like will touch on it you know every season or so or you know every few episodes and Mm -hmm. like remind you oh yeah this is him telling his kids um and then yeah you you finally meet the mother at the end um and that's kind of what this movie felt like where it was just a giant just a roller coaster that just continually went up and then just like stopped at the top (laughs) and then that was it i i the like one of the few things i know about how i met your mother is that the like last season or like the finale Mm -hmm. was like very contentious yeah, it, it the last season uh, was all the episodes were supposed to take place during a weekend. Oh, so if you can imagine trying to fit that much into one weekend, that's it. It wasn't well received and it wasn't good. So <laughs> yeah, that sounds bad to watch. I'm glad that I never got invested in this show. Yeah, and I, I did, I'm I not gonna watch it. Pilled when I was like <laughs> a child because it was on TV. So then I just continued watching it, but now if I went back to it, I would. It's, it's not great. You got how I met your mother pilled. I did. Yeah. Did you Did you ever get uh? What was his fucking name? Um. Uh, what was Neil pa- Neil Patrick Harris? Oh Christ. Um. Uh, Barney Barney get, Stinson. Yeah. Did you get Barney pilled when like I everyone got was Barney like pilled. wearing a suit? Legendary. And- <laughs> oh. Legend. Wait for it. Dairy. Yeah. Oh my god! Now I'm just cringing, thinking about all my past mistakes, <laughs> referencing that. God, yeah, I had a friend who would reference that a lot, um, and who would like think he looked really good in suits. Ugh, yeah, because mm-hmm. of that show. Yeah, it was pretty influential, unfortunately. Yeah, it was like that and Glee going on at the same time that oh, I think yep, did like uh-huh. a lot of damage to our like middle school brains. I completely agree. <laughs> Which is why I'm one reason I'm really thankful I never watched uh, We Bought a Zoo until now because I don't know how it could have affected me. Uh, how old was I in 2011? I would have been like, oh god, that was nine years ago, 15. Mm-hmm. I can imagine that would have had a dramatically different effect on me than it did this time around. Yeah, so. I think it really could have. It could have changed my whole personality. I could have. I, I really could have like based my worldview around it. I think if I'd seen it at the time. It's true. <laughs> I would resent my parents for not buying me a zoo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, I wish my parents had bought me a fucking zoo. Did you? Yeah. Did you? Um, do you have a, a a pet growing up as a kid? I know yes. you said you have a cat now, but I had two cats growing up. Were those cats growing up? Did that feel like an adequate substitute for for a zoo? Uh, yeah, because it was a lot less smelly, and <laughs> um, I didn't have to worry that my life was being put on the line. Much like that one scene where the bear escapes. Oh, okay. This is a great. I'm glad you brought it up. This is a great segment. Uh, a great segue into a segment. Um, fuck yeah. Which is uh, how the fuck do you think the bear got out? <laughs> yes, I was gonna. <laughs> I was gonna bring that up. Um, personally, if he's anything like Paddington Bear, which I'm just gonna give a plug to Paddington because I'm Paddington pilled. If you're listening to this <laughs> podcast and you want to watch an actually good movie that kind of involves animals watch paddington too you won't regret I, it can i be can i say something controversial uh be careful but sure yeah yeah. i think paddington one is better holy shit yeah <laughs> that's controversial okay we'll have to we'll have to explore that at a later time yeah um, we can let's talk about buster the bear okay. escaping and then we can circle so, back on paddington just well kind of paddington is like extremely clumsy where he finds himself self in this these extraordinary situations just because he accidentally fucks something up so i'm perceiving this bear buster that he's well he's depressed as fuck because he's on like what is he on clonopin uh, or no i don't think else. they i don't think they say what he's on he's just on antidepressants yeah do they say like, what he's on but they say they do say what he's on because i thought it was funny but um we'll have to find that i just know that um, matt damon says are you missing your meds buster and that was like Yes. An insane thing to say to that. An it felt it was great to feel represented. Like I was hoping that we would both be on Zoloft. I know Buster wasn't, but uh, um, you know, yeah, you can I'm on, dream. I'm on Lexapro. Cheers. Buster was not on Lexapro either, because no. I would have I would have recognized that. <laughs> um but basically, yeah, Paddington gets into these situations just based on happenstance and calamity and mm-hmm. clumsiness. And yeah. I think the bear just he could have been following he was he saw a bumblebee fly, yeah. flying in the air and he was just following it minding his business and then he bumps into something it knocks over which has like this catastrophic effect on something else and then it leads to his cage being unlocked and then he just wanders out because he's still following the bee and then he just you know it's so mm-hmm. there was no um bad intent there he just i think it yeah. was just like he didn't even know he got it. he was escaped it was just some zany antics it was like a rube precisely. goldberg machine precisely i like that read a lot and i think that let's be real if paddington was in this movie and he was working at the zoo there'd be antics like that every damn day oh the zoo would be on fire <laughs> within the first week it would be burned down but somehow some beauty would come out of it everyone would grow closer as a family <laughs> and they <laughs> they would find out that the zoo is like on some ancient burial ground and that they should leave it to be sacred or something <laughs> <laughs> they'd like to they yeah they discover the history and, be, and paddington would be like wait actually it turns out we shouldn't we should free all the animals instead yeah, he would actually paddington is a radical um, at least prison abolitionist. So I think he would probably do the same thing. Yeah. Well, then why doesn't he... Um, I mean, I don't think you can take that stance because why doesn't he uh, abolish the prison from the second movie then? Well, he reforms it from the inside out because he doesn't... He's just a bear. 
Yeah. I don't think bears can legally abolish prisons, and at least not in the UK. Legally abolish prisons? Now that's a fucked up sentence. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I, listen, Paddington did his best, and he did more for that prison than than the state. Any, yeah, than the state could. Yeah. Uh, that's you know that's valid. And uh, in fairness, um, oh, what, who's the bad guy in that movie? Fuck's sake. Hugh Grant? Hugh Grant, yeah. Hugh Grant does seem to be having a great time in prison right? at the end of the movie. No, all the prisoners are like having a great time and they're being treated humanely. So, mm. you know, they should just be not in there, but you know. Yeah. I, I think Paddington... Okay, getting back to this very important topic, I, I think Paddington 1 is a more charming movie than Paddington 2. Because I, I think the, the scale of it is more personal. Hmm. Hmm. I don't, I don't even know how to respond to that <laughs> because I agree that it's it's just, they're both just so beautifully charming movies. I don't disagree. But I I the I'm heart not in Paddington too. Yeah, because like you get to see the Paddington like become a part of this family in the first one, mm-hmm. but the second one you really see how their relationship transforms and like how deep their love for Paddington is, and I think that's beautiful. Yes, and like. It was Hugh Grant's best role of all time. The fact that he didn't wasn't nominated for an Oscar for that was just bullshit. Doesn't he? Didn't he once say in an interview that he thought that, that was his like best role? I think so. Yeah, and he would be right. <laughs> I, I I just think that the first movie in like showing us Paddington as an outsider, like coming into this family, and like those like small scale antics that like build mm-hmm. and build and build until it's like a full on heist movie that I I just like it's true. that rules cuz the the second movie I think the expectations are high so the the zaniness yeah. kind of goes over the top right away which isn't a bad thing I think like it but but I I don't know if it would work if you hadn't seen the first movie Uh yeah I agree with that um I think I, I was already Paddington pilled when I saw the second <laughs> one so I was just like you know just ready for a romp and I got it. Yeah. Um, but um, I think it goes, I think both of those movies, Cam and Crow could have took notes from, even though they came after yeah. we bought a zoo. But that's the kind of the delightful zaniness that you, you build upon mm-hmm. and you, you just, you parse it out. If there's ever going to be a remake of this movie, here's what needs to happen. One, <laughs> William H. Macy Two, Julianne Moore. Three, Paddington, Paddington Bear. Bear. <laughs> <laughs> yep, uh-huh. <laughs> Same page. Um, um, I was going to say four, but that's it. It's just those three. Those are the fixes you need to make. Yeah, we can get rid of every other cast member, honestly. Even the animals don't have to be in it if Paddington's there. Yep. Um, oh, here's, here's a question for you uh, that I, I have been asking people if they'd be interested in this. So the that little monkey on the guy's shoulder... <laughs> um yeah. that's her name is crystal the capuchin she is the most famous monkey in hollywood and yeah. good for her she's she's yeah she's rad i am kind of testing the waters here for a future mini series on this show <laughs> if i if i have people on and we chronologically go through her filmography oh my god i would love to do that that's Fuck fucking yes. sick. Yes, I'd love to have you on for that. I love animal actors. They're so cool. She, I mean, because she's the monkey from Doctor Doolittle. Like we could, Holy like, shit. she's yeah. like, she's she's Annie's boobs from Community. Like this is like real. Oh, okay. Yep. Uh huh. 
this is like a-list shit uh, yeah wow yeah who even needs an interview with matt damon when you can just maybe record <laughs> some live screeching of the monkey. Crystal the Capuchin, Crystal, I, if yeah. you're available, I'd love to have yeah. you on the show. Um, we'll pay you in bananas and seeds yeah. and nuts or something, whatever you eat. <laughs> well, yeah, what, what the fuck do monkeys eat? <laughs> Who fucking knows? Bones. <laughs> Bones are their money. So yeah. <laughs> Bones are their money. <laughs> so are the worms. <laughs> I was just watching that like oh my God. two days ago. It's so good. Oh, uh, I, 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 is there gonna be another season of that? I fucking miss that. I need to. I need it to be. Every oh. it's that's one of those beautiful things where it's like the opposite of We've Got a Zoo. Because yeah. every time I watch it, I find a portion of it that I love even more, and that I kind of like skirted over the time before, and then I'm like, holy shit, this is really funny. And if I rewatched We Bought a Zoo, I would hone in on something new that i hate more than i did the first time <laughs> yeah that uh, i don't want to put you through it again Thank um you. Th- for for people who don't know we were just referencing i think you should leave and have you seen the bright eyes cover of that song no what <laughs> yeah holy so, shit um oh i think no not bright eyes sorry 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 uh i get all my sad indie boys confused death cab <laughs> okay so so back who's the lead guy from death cab what's his name uh ben something oh fuck what is it i know ben gibbard ben gibbard yeah holy shit so so what happened was ben gibbard at like the beginning of quarantine was doing these like live from home sessions holy shit and he was just like singing old death cab songs and he had like episodes where he would do like different covers um and one episode was like he was just taking requests and <laughs> one of them was that the night the skeletons came to life Holy and so shit. there is somewhere on youtube from a live stream that ben gibbard did during quarantine him singing that song it's incredible that is fucking amazing <laughs> thank you I'll, for introducing that to I'll, me. I'll send it to you after the recording it's i, I am yeah i go back to it when i feel bad because it's so fucking good that, oh, man i i'm obsessed with death cab so hearing that just that the crossover i didn't know i needed i haven't i i used to really really love death cab and then i kind of fell off that train um i really Which it's album Oh, what was my favorite Death Cab album? I don't even remember the name of it. It was the one that's like the where the album cover is like the grass and yeah, I can't think of the name. It's like dark. That's the one with like I'll follow you into the dark on it, right? Hmm. I thought it was that other one that's like. Hold on. <laughs> I the only other one that I know the name of is Transatlanticism. Yep. Um, and there's it? thank you for today. Is that the name of? It? I don't know. I, it's like uh, one of the later ones with uh, I saw or not. Uh, I had a dream or whatever. I feel like I'm going insane. <laughs> <laughs> I sound like a a mom talking to their kid about a celebrity that they truly know nothing about. <laughs> Do you hear the new um, Billy Eifish song? <laughs> I fish. Yeah. Do you see the the Billy Eiffel Tower? I think music? I've had that conversation with my mother. <laughs> oh, you know she's got that song Batman. <laughs> Maybe it's Batman. <laughs> Batman. You know the song Batman by Billy Eifish? <laughs> she's like, I'm the Batman. <laughs> Duh. I don't know why I'm like doing this accent now for a mom. 
This is what moms sound like. You're you're going for the Minnesota trope, and yeah. I, I respect it. Right? Oh yeah. Do people talk like this where you are? Oh yeah. Unfortunately. Ooh. Uh, me- I, I know a lot of people that have they really stretch out their o's. Ooh. So uh, yeah, it's uh, it's very common here. Let's uh let's keep this going. Let's keep this train rolling. If you want to tell me uh sorta, and you can critique my accent as well because obviously I'm not from there, so. I'm getting Canadian vibes. Ah, uh, that's that's probably fair because I, I, you know, I'm I'm from Canada. Oh, really? Yeah. So <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if I'm kind of leaning on that a little. Yeah, I grew up in uh, Montreal, so. Oh, oh, for cute. Wow. <laughs> Do they say that? Is that a saying for cute? Oh, for cute. Oh, that's huge. Oh, I've never heard that. Oh yeah. Oh, you betcha. Well, oh, you betcha. Oh, I know you betcha. Those are huge. Uh you darn tootin'? People say that. Nah, that's that's uh, it's a little bit of a. A curse. Curse word. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Darn. Yeah, people don't say darn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, do, what, do we have any any anything, any other bases you want to cover uh, as far as We Bought a Zoo goes? I guess the last thing, just, uh, I <laughs> kind of want to delve into the brother's role in the movie. Yeah. Because it truly confused me. Yeah, he's weird. And he, he also kind of represents this 1% class of people mm-hmm. with unlimited money who can just kind of do whatever they want. Yeah. They might as well have just fucking tattooed the voice of reason on his forehead every scene he was in because <laughs> that's the only role he played. He didn't actually bring anything into the movie other than just someone to counteract Matt Damon's character. But it's... In a familial sense. It is so weird, his role, because he everything he says makes sense. Because he's like, you shouldn't buy a zoo. You need to get, yeah, you need to exactly get over. Like, you need to like step back into the world. Like, I, I don't appreciate him being like, you need to get over your dead wife six months later when I'm taking like fifteen years to try to get over my ex wife Sheila. But <laughs> exactly, uh, the thing is, is that like everything he says that on its face is like logical mm-hmm. is taken with such a grain of salt because he's such like a, a wacky dude. Yeah, it's it's really strange because if you would have positioned this movie from a different perspective, it would have been this guy going through a really hard time mm-hmm. who's kind of not accepting any help or like real constructive criticism that he needs to hear from his brother. Yeah. Because like the the brother like he wasn't wrong about most of his stuff because like let's be real a zoo is not going to be profitable yep. you don't have any money like it's I, he, I would love to see a version of this movie from the brother's perspective like it's the same movie but like you know it's just called I told my brother not to buy a zoo <laughs> yeah and and he's like commiserating like anytime he's yes. not on screen he's just like sitting in a bar drinking like talking yeah. to the bartender being like oh, absolutely being like, and, and he he paid $150,000 down payment on this thing that there goes <laughs> our, our we had to share the inheritance from our dad and now he's gone and bloated on this zoo and I told him not to do it and it's, like, <laughs> it's just like monologues of this uh-huh yeah it would be a much more existential piece than um, we bought a zoo. I think. Yeah, I'd watch. I'd watch a uh, a one man show that's like from yeah, Duncan's oh perspective, just like these monologues. Ugh, yeah, and I love Thomas Hayden Church. He just kills me as an actor. He's yeah. He's like, he's always that guy where you're like, <laughs> hmm, this character's gonna have a brother who's kind of down on his luck <laughs> looking out for his brother oh look it's thomas hayden church like, yeah. yep okay uh he thomas hayden church is really good at playing like 
a beloved family member. Uh-huh. Like the But he has his quirks. He's got his he's got his quirks. Like in this one, he's all over the place and he has a troubled past. And in Spider-Man, he could turn into sand. Yes. <laughs> I was hoping we'd <laughs> get that plug in there. Yeah. Spider-Man 3, he's just a sandy dude. Mm-hmm. I hope that it, they bring him back for the new Spider-Man 3 because they're talking about bringing back like <gasps> Jamie Foxx as Electro. So they got to bring back Thomas Hayden Church oh of Salmon. I mean, they brought back they... J. Jonah Jameson. At, uh, what's his yeah. face? J.K. Um, Simmons. Yeah, they brought back J.K. Simmons. So why this is let's start it here. This is the official campaign for marvel to bring back thomas hayden church Honestly, as sandman i loved him as the sandman that that's a movie that deserves some justice <laughs> i enjoy watching spider-man 3 more than i would ever enjoy we bought a zoo i'm saying Ugh. it here you heard it mm. sam raimi he yeah. no yeah he, yeah yeah sam raimi if you're hearing this I respect you and your craft. Sam Raimi, if you're listening to this, please come on the show. I'd love to hear how you would have directed We Bought a Zoo. Yeah. And which scene would you have Matt Damon with new bangs dancing? (laughs) I think it could be inserted anywhere, honestly. Yeah, it would make as much sense at any point in the movie. Oh, my God. Imagine when he's doing the, like, sad doom scrolling on his computer looking back at, like, the photos of him and his wife if the if the <laughs> one video in there is like like him dancing down the street with new bangs and, and dark clothes and he's just like oh cr- he's crying in the kitchen nodding to it he's like yes <laughs> better times or like when he first <clears throat> sees his future wife when he's walking down the street he's mm-hmm. dancing and then he stops dancing because oh, that's he sees better. a beautiful woman in the that's in better. the window at the cafe <laughs> oh my god that would be at the end of the movie he's like now yeah. kids i was walking down the street like this and he's like yeah, he yeah. does the dance <laughs> he does a spin and he's like and then i saw her <laughs> yeah that's it that's it that's we got it, it. we got it um <laughs> All right, I think that's a good pla- I think that's a good place to wrap up. Um, where can people find you? What 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 do you want to plug? Um, so if you want to follow me on Twitter, my at is two Saddington, and Saddington spelled like Paddington with an S. And there's literally nothing else I can plug. Oh, if you want to poke me on Facebook, I'm not going to tell you my full name, but you can try and find me and poke me. I I challenge whoever hears this to do that. I don't. Th- if if you do it. Depending on who you are, I'll either Venmo you a dollar or I will um, issue a restraining order. I'm literally, as soon as this ends, I'm going to find you on Facebook, poke you, and then ask for a dollar on Venmo. That's fine. Okay. I think I, I would give you a dollar. So. Oh, thank you. Um, Maybe you can use it to buy a zoo. <laughs> <laughs> Down payment on a zoo. Um, thank you for listening to We Pot a Zoo. Haley, thank you for joining me on this delightful adventure. Thank you for having me. It was almost as delightful as Paddington 2. <laughs> almost as delightful. And Paddington 2 is almost as delightful as Paddington 1. Holy shit. That was, yeah. that was so fucking rude. What a send off. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Thank, thank you to RT Cobral for the intro and outro music and Sydney Gish for her vocals on the intro. You can find links to their work on our Twitter, which is at WePodAzoo. Um, special thanks to my friend Dylan at Adult Human Bitch on Twitter for suggesting the name We Pot a Zoo. If you want to support the Dartmoor Zoo, which is the movie that the uh, Rosemore Zoo is based on, which is the zoo that the Rosemore Zoo is based on, go to dartmoorzoo.org.uk. They are currently suffering due to COVID and uh, they are asking for donations. So if you are able to support the zoo, uh, support the zoo. Oh, you can follow me at Zach Silverberg on Twitter and Instagram. 
and we're live on Apple Podcasts by the time you hear this, obviously, because you're listening to this. So rate, review, and, and subscribe and all that. And um, Haley, why'd you come on this show? Um, I really like the idea of being a guest on a podcast. It's really fun to me. And I love talking about movies. And I'm a fan of your work. So I Thank can only you. assume it's going to be a great podcast. And I want to I wanna get in on the ground floor, you know? Oh, why not? Yeah, why not? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> All right, I'm not. I'm not editing that out. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> Shit! <laughs> All right, see you next time. There's a movie called We Bought a Zoo. Guess what happens? There's a zoo for sale and it gets bought by Matt Damon, a grieving single father in search of closure, hoping to find it in. Tiger or a bear enclosure. It's a film by Cameron Crowe. Buy it now so you can go home and enjoy it with your friends and family. We bought a zoo. I'll buy a zoo.